Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. I'm Genesis, the girl who is sad to be leaving the Milky Way. And I'm Bravada, the girl who is also sad to move out of Reaper territory for now, but is also excited to time travel to 2077 soon. Today's episode is a bit unique in that we'll be talking about four characters instead of just one. Given that these are all romantic interests, but not actual romance options in Mass Effect 2, we combine them. This episode is on Yaoman Kelly Chambers, the Vermeer survivor, either Caden Alenko or Ashley Williams, and Dr. Liara Tassoni, aka the Shadow Broker, from Mass Effect 2. As always, we get up close and personal with each of our character breakdowns. So if you're looking for a spoiler-free zone, sorry, lovelies, you are in the wrong place. So here's your fucking spoiler alert. (laughs) Thanks for the spoiler alert, Sam. And if you want to hear N7 The Legend's thoughts about the Ashley romance, go back to episode three of The Two Girls. We talked in length about her romance in Mass Effect 1 and how he wishes things could have gone differently in 2. But for tonight... We'll get started with Kelly. What can I say? I'm a people person. Kelly Chambers is the yeoman aboard the Normandy, hand selected by none other than the elusive man himself because of her experience as a psychologist. If you aren't familiar with the term yeoman, I don't blame you. It's quite an old-timey naval term. It refers to the person on board a naval vessel in charge of administrative and clerical tasks, and there are still yeomans in the modern U.S. Navy today. Admin stuff is important, of course, but Timmy picked her because she sends psych reports on the crew back to him. She doesn't know all about the nefarious Cerberus manipulation that he's up to, so she does it innocently as a part of her duties. Kelly also offers her psychological insight on every crew member you recruit in Mass Effect 2 as well as giving you hints about the characters. She actually warns you not to run a fuck Jack if you really want to earn her trust. 
She is a member of Cerberus, not the Alliance Navy. And if Shepard questions her about Cerberus's infamous reputation, Kelly asserts that neither she nor the organization is anti-alien just because they are pro-human. She doesn't seem to have any hesitation about crushing on non-humans, though, calling Thane sexy. And she has this to say about our boy Garrus once you've recruited him. How is our newest Turian crew member doing? His injuries looked painful. He's been through a lot, not just physically. There's something about him. I just want to hold him close and whisper, it will be all right. Me too, Kelly. (laughs) Me too. As you've just heard, despite belonging to a human supremacist organization, Kelly shows empathy and compassion towards all races of the Milky Way. She has a high emotional intelligence, which is a key tool she uses to understand the mental states of the crew. As you talk with her more and more, provided you remain friendly, eventually Shepard can invite her up to the captain's cabin for a private dinner. Mm. It's important to note that in order to receive all romance interactions with Kelly, you must, of course, choose the proper dialogue options in conversations with her on the CIC. There are three types of relationships with Kelly. Professional, friendly, and flirty. A professional relationship is just that. Nothing special. While a friendly relationship means she will take care of your fish, which is totally worth it. (laughs) We are here to talk about the flirty relationship, though, which is what you'll need in order to get the special dinner with her. Unfortunately, you don't actually get to watch the dinner, so not exactly a romance scene. Goodness, I haven't stayed up that late since my college days. I had a wonderful evening. Thank you, Shepard. Uh, This dinner scene, like Jen said, is not a romance scene specifically, but it puts you into the friendly relationship with her. So it's at this point that Kelly will feed your fish for you. Yay for no longer returning to your cabin after missions to fish corpses. (laughs) Because that's me every time I forget to make her my friend. (laughs) In order for you to romance Kelly, though, you have to make sure she survives the collector base. This means that when some of your crew is kidnapped by the collectors... You cannot wait to go and rescue them, or Kelly will die along with the rest of the kidnapped crew. To unlock the romance culmination scene, you must talk to Kelly immediately after returning from the collector base and ask if she's okay. Then you can invite her to your cabin. Take us away, Jen. (laughs) You can dance, you can jive, having the time of your life. Ooh. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I almost thought you were going to get, like, I don't know, somebody's cover of it that was hopefully, oh, like, free to use. I, I don't know. I just, that's the first thing I thought of when I watched this scene was Dancing Queen. Yeah, I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just do it. I'll just do it myself. Uh, <laughs> but Dancing Queen is totally key to this scene, and let's find out why. It's definitely interesting. It is unique that you have to use the intercom terminal on your desk in order to call Kelly up to your room. And I'm just going to say it, it felt like a literal booty call. Hey babe, what you doing? You up? The scene split second goes black and then when you walk over to the couch, Kelly is there wearing what any Mass Effect fan will recognize as the stripper outfit. It is what the human women and Asari wear in the various clubs throughout the trilogy. 
And I'm going to tangent here for a quick second. Why aren't there any male strippers? Why aren't there any other species? Well, a quick search of the mod gallery came up with one shocking result. I fully expected topless dancers, better outfits for the dancers, everything like that. But I found one that um, replaced the dancers. It didn't replace them with human males, but it made all the dancers naked, as expected. But it also made all of the Asari have penises. I don't know what to do with that information. So I'm going to get back to Kelly. If you choose to sit on the couch with her, she will sit on your lap. It's cute. It's the same thing that you can do with any of your romance options after completing the endgame mission and continuing to play the game. You can call them up to your cabin and have a moment on the couch or having a moment lying together on the bed. You can do that with Kelly too. Uh, There's no dialogue, but it's a nice touch. Now, the third option with Kelly is to ask her to dance. Things get a little steamy, but it stays PG-13. If you've played Mass Effect 3 and know of the wall dancer, you have seen this dance. Kelly does a gyration and groove up against the cabin wall. It's a striptease without removing any of her clothing. It's a little hypnotic, and I found myself watching probably longer than I needed to. But in reality, I give it a 2 It's not interactive. It feels transactional. It's sexy-ish, yes, but it's not a romantic encounter. You call a stripper to your room and you sit on your couch, hands clasped in front of you, elbows on your knees, while you watch the show. I kept waiting for my Omni-Tool to show up so I could give her a tip. Yeah, I mean, I think it's safe to say there's not even much of a romance to talk about. Every bit of the romance is what we imagine them doing, not really what we see them doing. You don't get to see what probably was a romantic dinner date. And outside of a few flirty lines of dialogue, that's it. So not my favorite romance, but only because Bioware didn't really develop it enough, not because Kelly isn't a good romanceful character. Oh, but also... Just so you know, there are male strippers and other species in the club outside of Kadara Port and Mass Effect Andromeda. So, like, there's one point in Andromeda's corner. Yay! Yay, okay. male strippers! Come on. Oh, yeah, yay for male strippers. There's even Solarian strippers in there and Krogan strippers. It's pretty worth... They're dancing. They're not, like, stripping. But I remember when I first saw that, and I was like, hmm, Wait, great. are there Solarians in the Asari stripper outfit? Because I totally missed that. Um, I, they're not. I can't remember what they're wearing. It is something different, but they're all behind bars. Like they. Oh, look, the go-go like dancers. That's right. Yeah, they're basically go-go dancers. Okay, it's pretty good. Okay, now it's time to move on to Caden Alenko. For all three of the next characters we talk about, we're going to assume you either have experience with these romances from Mass Effect One, or you listen to our episodes on them. If you haven't. Maybe go check them out. You reunite with Caden after two long years on Horizon. Caden was actually on the Normandy when it was attacked by the Collectors and Shepard died. And he has continued his career in the Alliance Navy since you've been gone. Since you've been gone. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm all in a singing mood. This is not good. Uh, Okay. (laughs) 
He has continued his career in the Alliance Navy since you've been gone. In 2185, when the Collectors started taking human colonies, Caden was sent to investigate, as they assumed Horizon would be next. He had heard rumors that Shepard was alive and working with Cerberus, but he didn't believe him, until that is. He sees you again on Horizon. I thought you were dead, Shepard. We all did. It's been too long, Caden. Have you been? Is that all you have to say? You show up after two years and just act like nothing happened. Thought we had something, Shepard. Something real. I loved you. Thinking you were dead tore me apart. How could you put me through that? Why didn't you try to contact me? Why didn't you let me know you were alive? Caden's <sighs> anger is justified. He doesn't know that Shepard spent the last two years in a coma being rebuilt by Cerberus. He doesn't know if Shepard is even Shepard anymore because of Cerberus. And he feels that he can't trust Shepard because she seems to be working with Cerberus. Cerberus, Cerberus, Cerberus. <laughs> For Shepard. It's For the Shepherd. three-headed dog. You gotta say it three times in a row. Honestly, honestly. For Shepard, she closed her eyes as she suffocated in the black abyss of space and opened them to being attacked on a Cerberus ship and has been fighting ever since. The added nostalgia of playing the vigil theme song for Mass Effect 1 as this conversation takes place is not an accident either. This song plays on the title page of Mass Effect 1 and in the post credit scene of Mass Effect 3. It plays when you reunite with Caden or Ashley in Mass Effect 2. It plays when Liara realizes she still needs Shepard's help during the Shadowbroker DLC. It plays on Rannoch as you fight to return Tally's homeworld in Mass Effect 3. And Liara even plays it on piano in Anderson's apartment in the Citadel DLC. It's fitting that Liara breaks that fourth wall and plays that song, as she is a historian chronicling Shepard's exploits the same way Vigil did of the Protheans. It's so perfect. The conversation with Caden is the only time you see him in person in Mass Effect 2, romanced or not. The only physical aspect to this scene is a hug. I've had this hug in real life before. It's the one where after not seeing someone you were once really close with, years down the road, you don't know if you have the same level of physicality. But later on, Caden will send you an apologetic email. And because Raphael Sabarge is an absolute legend of a human, he read the email out loud. He made the audio sound as if it were a voice message Shep can play in her quarters, and I love it. It's longer than our usual clip, but he can tell this story much, much better than I can. Shepard. I'm sorry for what I said back on Horizon. I mean, I spent two years pulling myself back together after you went down with the Normandy. It took me a long time to get over my guilt for surviving. And to move on. And I finally let my friends talk me into going out for drinks with the doctor on the Citadel. Nothing serious, but just trying to let myself out of life again, you know? And then I saw you and everything just pulled hard to board. I mean, you were standing in front of me, but you were with Cerberus. I mean, I, I guess I really don't know who either of us is anymore. I mean, do you, do you even remember that night before he lost, that night meant everything to me. I mean, maybe it meant as much to you, but a lot has changed in the last two years. 
careful. I'm going to watch too many close people to me die. On Eden Prime, on Vermeer, on Horizon, on Normandy. And I just couldn't bear it if I hadn't lose you again. I mean, if you're, if you're still the woman that I remember, I know that you're going to find a way to stop these collector attacks. But Cerberus is... Cerberus is too dangerous to be trusted. Watch yourself. Look. When things settle down a little... Maybe... Uh, I don't know. Just take care. It's fine. Okay. Mm. Chills. Literal goosebump chills. There's something about that voice and the pauses. Those moments in between. Can I fuck a voice? 10 out of 10 would just fully romance the resonance in my bones when I listen to him speaking. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> I mean, like, I agree with you, but I got stuck on him saying Vermeer. Oh, and like, it's Vermeer. And El- what did he call it? Elos? Elos? Yeah. Elos? I- it's Ilos. Yeah, those two things. I don't know. That's just my Virgo brain. Um, okay, anyway, back to Caden. Caden is right about not being able to trust Cerberus. That letter was super sweet, and Shepard keeps a picture of Caden in her quarters between her terminal and her Medal of Honor. Super, super fancy. Before entering the Omega-4 relay, if you stayed in a relationship with Caden, Shepard will gaze at the picture fondly. If you've chosen to pursue another romance, though, she'll flip the picture face down on her desk. (laughs) Sad. Either way, this romance is kind of on pause until Mass Effect 3. If you want to learn more about Caden, you can check out Episode 2 and Episode 4. If you romanced Ashley, it's basically the same thing. And you do get a hug from her, too. But here is her conversation. I thought you were dead, Shepard. We all did. You don't sound too happy to see me. Something bothering you, Ash? Yeah, something's bothering me. I spent the past two years believing you were dead. We had something, Shepard. Something real. I... I loved you. I thought you were dead. I almost... How could you put me through that? Why didn't you try to contact me? Why didn't you let me know you were alive? Either way, Caden or Ashley, romanced or not, this is the only time you see them in Mass Effect 2. Ashley has moved on, and so has Caden, both getting promotions within the Alliance Navy and making a name for themselves outside of Shepard's long shadow. Just like with Caden, Ashley will send you an apology letter. And again... Because the people that they chose to voice the Normandy crew are absolutely amazing. Kimberly Brooks took the time to read the letter that Ash wrote to the commander. Shepard. I'm sorry for what I said back on Horizon. When I lost you two years ago, it tore me up. I prayed for you every day. I read a lot of Tennyson thinking about you. Just like I did when my dad passed. And you came back. And it was like my prayers were answered. But I'm not who I was then, and neither are you. I don't know what's true anymore. Part of me can't believe it's really you. I 
keep going back to that night before Elos. Our night. I haven't let myself think about those memories in over a year. I wouldn't have expected you to work for Cerberus, but I know why they sent you to Horizon. I saw how many people were lost there. And if anyone can stop the Collectors, you can. I can't go where you're going, but... I can wish you luck. Just stay alive out there, Skipper. I don't know what the future holds, but... I can't lose you a second time. Ash. Death closes all. But something ere the end, some work of noble note, may yet be done. Not unbecoming men that strove with gods. And that's why I wanted to play the audio. I can't do that. I can't put the way that Ash actually felt into the words. There's that one line. I can't go where you're going. I can't follow you. That one always gets me. But of course, the lines at the end of the quote are from Ashley's favorite poet, Lord Alfred Tennyson, from his epic poem, Ulysses. These lines are taken from a part of the poem where Ulysses is longing for a new adventure and calling for his crew to join him after living a full life of them. He knows that death waits for us all, but before he dies, he can still have one last adventure, one that would rival the exploits of the gods. Shepard and friends know all about impossible odds and godlike feats. I appreciate Ash's sense of drama and love of poetry. I too love poetry. We've been able to sneak a few into the show now and again, just like we try to sneak in Garrus lines. But before we discuss the romance of one sexy blue alien, we're going to take a mid-break to thank our patrons and sponsors. And fun facts, of course. It's fun fact time! Kelly actually started out in concept as two separate characters, codenamed Ensign Cutie and Ensign Threesome. I'm kind of bummed out they cut out whatever was going to happen with Ensign Threesome, because, uh, come on! (laughs) Also, Kelly's alias in Mass Effect 3 is Felicia Hannigan, an amalgamation of everyone's favorite redheaded nerd queens, Felicia Day and Allison Hannigan. Super cute. I mean, I think we can all imagine what Ensign Threesome was like. Also, if you didn't recognize Kelly in Mass Effect 3, you're not the only one. That was kind of the point if you chose to change her identity to protect her from Cerberus, but it was actually due to character textures not importing properly from Mass Effect 2 to Mass Effect 3. And they have since corrected this in the Legendary Edition. That's pretty much it for fun facts on these characters. Unless you want to listen to their individual episodes for Mass Effect 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Callie's not that much fun of a character. There's not much going on there. I know. When I was watching the video of her, her romance, so many people in the comments on YouTube were like, she's my favorite romance. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, there's just nothing here. She's not a bad character. I just don't get Like, people are really vehement about how much they love her. And I'm like, okay. Maybe it's just because they read a lot of fan fiction about her. Mm-hmm. Because there's really nothing that exists in the lore about, you know, like actual canon stuff. 
So there is one fun fact that I was going to bring up in Mass Effect 3, but I can bring it up here. So if you romance Kelly, this will take multiple playthroughs, okay? So you have to romance Kelly in 2, rekindle the relationship in 3, and then import your Mass Effect 3 character into a new game plus. Romance Kelly again. Then on your third import of new game plus character when you go and get your fish back from her you will unlock an additional five galactic readiness points that's stupid it is the most intense hidden little code thing that i have ever found in this game Um, and it's because your fish has evolved and you get a codex entry and five galactic readiness points (laughs) Uh, I would never have found that out because I'm not a completionist at all. And I, uh, I will never be doing that. No. <laughs> so I guess that's, it's just a fact to me. It's not very fun. It sounds like a slog. <laughs> yeah. I mean, playing the Three game through multiple. romancing Kelly. Yeah. Not when Thane exists. Not when Garrus exists. Well, you only have to romance her in two once and then play three twice. But yeah. yeah. Oh, well. But still, yeah. I want my tango. It's too much. Too much. Yeah. So let's move on to something awesome instead of five galactic readiness points. (laughs) And thank our patrons. Meiji Moose, Apollo, Toasty, and Commander Shanko. Big hearts and all the massive love to you. You (laughs) all have had a massive effect on my heart. Yay! And while we don't have any new reviews to read out, we are, like, legit this freaking close to a milestone on Spotify because we have almost 200 followers. Woot woot. Thank you for the likes, follows, whatever they call them. And also thank you patrons as well, of course. You guys are the best. Hopefully we're worth it. (laughs) And you guys like what we're putting out. Oh, and also, speaking of Commander Shanko... She actually sent in a quick mundane moment for us to read. Um, It's about Thane. Here it is. This is a quote. I have a mundane headcanon where a Thane-romanced femshep will take Coliot under her wing and ask him to lunch, quietly transfer some credits into his account, and text Bailey asking if he's doing okay, etc., etc. And I think that's super, super cute. I definitely want that to go that way as well. And I can also see Coliot, like, Yelling, you're not my mom. <laughs> like it just, he just seems like an angsty teen to me. Oh, my Shep would totally adopt both Grant and Cole yet. They're my boys. <laughs> and he would totally be that angsty teenager. Like, you're not my mom. Ugh. Or, ooh. <gasps> yeah. Even worse, better. You're not my dad. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> he's got a lot of childhood trauma, so you know he's going to have angst. Yeah. He's got to have it. Shepard, you are not my father. Um, okay. But uh, let's move on to the final Mass Effect 2 romance option of Liara to Sony. Are you ready to embrace eternity again? Oh, yeah. Always. Have you faced an Asari commando unit before? Few humans have. I'll make it simple. Either you pay me or I flay you alive with my mind. Wow, I really like 
scary Liara voice. <laughs> mm-hmm. As you've just heard, baby Liara from Mass Effect 1 is long gone. Whether you romanced her or not in the first game, it's been a long, hard two years for the Asari historian. Some of her adventures are chronicled in various Mass Effect comics, but suffice it to say, she's the reason Shepard is alive again. If you don't have the Shadow Broker DLC, which why at this point, get Legendary Edition already, the reunion on Ilium is pretty much the only time you see Liara in Mass Effect 2. If you romanced her, you get a big ol' smooch. If you're just friends, then she'll hug you. Liara has become much darker and ruthless as an information broker. That's kind of hot. Quoting her mother, Matriarch Benezia from Mass Effect 1 with the Asari Commando Unit bit. During this conversation on Ilium, Liara reveals that her dramatic shift in personality is due to her hatred of the Shadow Broker and fierce need for retribution. Liara got close to a Drell named Farron, who was a double agent for the Shadow Broker against Cerberus and helped Liara rescue Shepard's body. She believes Farron was killed after being captured by the Shadow Broker. Liara will confess to Shepard that she feels guilty giving Shepard's body over to Cerberus, as she knew Cerberus would use Shepard for their own purposes. But she had to try and save Shepard. Shepard can either accept this or become angry with Liara. Either way, she stands by her decision. Any other interactions with Liara come from the Lair of the Shadow Broker DLC. Liara learns that Farron is alive, and now instead of just petty revenge, Liara is on a rescue mission. I'm not going to totally recap the entire storyline of this DLC because it's pretty big. But essentially, it starts out with an Asari Spectre named Televasir trying to kill Liara on the Shadow Broker's orders. After Liara and Shepard kick her ass and kill her, oh god, Liara will recover comms that will reveal the Shadow Broker's base location. Sloppy, sloppy. There will be a short dialogue scene that has different lines depending on if you stayed loyal to Liara or not in a romance. Liara's in the middle of a metamorphosis. Starting off as a well-intentioned but naive young Asari researcher, and is now in the midst of growing into a powerful, calculating shadow broker. Liara arguably undergoes the most character development and growth out of any of the squad mates. If you romanced her in Mass Effect 1, but started a romance with someone else, Liara will snap at you out of jealousy. When you insist on talking about where your relationship stands and sarcastically say that she only needs you around to hack more terminals, she'll snap with different lines depending on who you are romancing. And here are the examples of that. That's not fair. You were dead. I came back. Yes, you came back. And now Garrus is doing a lot more than just calibrating the Normandy's guns. <laughs> that one is the best. Like, these guns, these guns, yeah. all the guns. Um, all six mm-hmm. of the main romances get a different line. And I cut these all down to just Liara's snarky comebacks because they're all pretty good on their own. Here is Miranda. Yes, you came back. And now you'd rather pass time with Miss Lawson and her low-cut jumpsuit. Ah, yes. Let's just talk about Miranda's looks. Here's Tally. And now you're itching to get under Tally's helmet. Who? <laughs> Jacob Taylor. 
And now you're more interested in seeing Jacob with his shirt off. I mean, I'm interested in Jacob with his shirt off. Has Liara seen Jacob with his shirt off? That's uh, my question. The shadow broker. Because if she knew. Oh, yeah. No, that's a good... Mm. How did Liara see that? Because Jacob is shirtless in the shadow broker's videos, but she's not the broker yet at this point. So how did she see inside the... I'm just saying... I'm just saying, if she had seen him with his shirt off, she wouldn't be asking that. Oh. Like, obviously, we all want to see that. Okay. Duh. Ooh, this next one, though. Yeah. Mm, I, I think I'm going to switch it up and save this one for last. Okay. Uh, let's go with this one, with Jack. And I've been tossed aside for a tattooed woman with anger issues. Mm, tattooed woman with anger issues. This last one here is so bad. Liara, mm -hmm. what the fuck? And now you're trying to take the place of a dying man's wife. Jesus Christ. Shots fired. Shots All an ambulance. fired. Oof. All right. Liara, Liara, yeah, Liara. I, I can't believe she, especially the Thane one, like, oh my God, I, could, I don't think a mass hooked one Liara would have ever had that kind of snark. But it's not just because she has grown into more of a ruthless Asari. She's under a lot of pressure right now. And I know I don't always maintain a perfect calm demeanor when I'm under pressure. And I haven't ever even gotten people killed over my decisions like she has. If you stayed faithful to Liara, this scene is a lot less sassy. We'll be jumping several light years. There's time to talk. About what? About us. Shepard, listen, I'm glad you're here. You worried there might be terminals you need me to hack? That's not fair. You were dead. I came back. It's not that easy. You can't just come back and have two years of mourning suddenly vanish. I was just like, shit, I didn't put down, like, there's that vigil song again. Like, it's everywhere. It is. It's, it's in almost all of the clips that I played tonight from uh, the original trilogy characters. Original. That's what I, mean, I noticed is that it shows up with all the original trilogy characters. I couldn't find an example of that with Garrus, so if anyone sees that, then let me know. But every other original trilogy character has some scene where Vigil's theme is playing in it, um, in Mass Effect 2. It's pretty great. Yeah, I don't think Vigil would be appropriate in Archangel. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I, I will think on it. But it is Liara and Garrus who suffer the most out of all the companions after Shepard's death. Liara managed to pull herself up by her grit and determination into the powerful information broker that she is now. We're gonna fast forward to after the big boss fight and Liara assuming the mantle of the new shadow broker. Shepard and Liara embrace and share a kiss. She starts to wonder if you can make it and Shepard can assuage her fear and get some hardcore smooching. Eventually, you can invite Liara onto the Normandy for some time to talk. Even though she must stay away for now and support Shepard as the Shadow Broker, she still loves Shepard. She brings you back your dog tags after catching up with the rest of the old crew, and is the first one to really ask Shepard if they're okay. How are you actually doing, Shepard? I mean, really. Not what you tell your squad to keep morale up. Between you and me, I have no idea how we're going to do this. I'm doing everything I can, but 
You've done more than most. There wouldn't be a man, woman, or child left on Horizon if not for you. I saved some of them. Not enough. And the Collectors will keep hitting colonies until I stop them. So you'll stop them? And here I thought it'd be difficult. You'll get the job done. You always do. I just don't know what comes next. So tell me what you want. If this all ends tomorrow, what happens to us? I don't know. Marriage, old age, and a lot of little blue children. So cute. The scene ends with the innuendo that Shepard and Liara are about to have some reunion sexy time. So we'll get to that breakdown. But before that, I found a line that is too funny to not put in here. When Liara first walks back into the commander's quarters, Shep asks if she liked the tour of the new Normandy. And this is part of her response. And I ran into Joker. He seemed happy to see me. Although, he did ask me to record any parts of our conversation where my eyes do that freaky black eternity thing. Of course he did. It's just too funny. <laughs> Joker at you know, it again. Yeah, if you're Femshep, he, he says to her, like, he wants to see them reenact a scene from Vanya or something. It's like a oh, lesbian lover movie in this effect. Joker. Yeah, a different line. <laughs> He's pretty bold. I love it, though. <laughs> yeah. He's at his workplace. <laughs> but, but Liara's not, I guess. So. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he's just good old nature friend teasing. Yeah, I think so. Because she didn't seem offended by it. I just, yeah, asking for clips of when her eyes do the freaky black thing. I'm like, do you mean when she's talking, talking to Shepard? Because get out of the cameras, Joker. Not now. Give him some privacy. Yeah. I mean, he literally is asking for a sex tape. But I mean, with Edie on board, they could probably record anything that happens in the Normandy at any time. So if Joker really wanted to watch, he could just fucking watch. I mean, it's rude and highly probably illegal in some areas, but uh, but back to the rekindling of this romance. The dialogue between Shepard and Liara is on point for suggestive and flirty, and it feels so real. Jeez. Okay, one more clip and then I'm done. I'm done, I promise. Normally, I prefer the way Jennifer Hale delivers lines, but in this case... It might have just been the physical blocking of the scene, or just the way that he says it. Damn! Commander Broshep has finally made my list of hot one-liners. So, when the bro and Liara are standing face-to-face, hip-to-hip, pressed in close together, this happens. I'd have to have something special to come back to. I'm open to suggestions. How about... The camera pans down to their joined hands, which just happened to be in front of their hips, and then back up to Liara's face as she jolts slightly up and back. That to me said, how about this? Rock hardness being pressed up against you. Damn. Liara then embraces eternity and her eyes flood to black. So I really liked it. I also think that it's a really great touch that Liara is concerned with how Shepard feels, not just with what Shepard is doing, 
Most characters are only concerned with Shepard's actions, and this makes sense because this is an RPG video game. But Liara showing compassion and concern is part of what makes her feel like a real person, like a real relationship. They clearly have a spark for each other. I also really like how this scene plays out as a sort of goodbye for now. I've been Liara, saying goodbye to my husband as he gets on his ship and sails away. This is by far the most realistic scenario for a romance. Most people don't have their true loves on a mission with them on board. Although that makes for a compelling video game romance, it's fun to have them along for the journey. But I also like that Liara has her role to play and Shepard has theirs, and they both know that. While they love each other, they have to be apart for now. They'll get back together for Mass Effect 3, but for now, we're leaving the crew of the Normandy behind. We've got a lot of video game romance to cover. I think we can all agree that Mass Effect 2 is one of the best examples of video game romance there is. It's just an all-around great RPG. Seeing the Normandy and her crew go through the Omega-4 relay while the Endrun blares triumphantly through my speakers will always be one of the best moments I've experienced in a game. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. And, okay, so about once a year, I load up an old Skyrim save just to go fight some dragons and see if I can discover a new cave or something. And I know already that Mass Effect 2 is going to be one of those games that I continually come back to. There will always be some new squad combo for unique dialogue or uh, picking a different romance path to follow. I am forever changed by the Normandy crew. Garrus and Jack are my two picks for best romances. Who are yous? Um, I don't know if I can pick just two. Like, I always play Femshep, so I can't romance Jack, but if I could, I definitely would. Obviously, Garrus, I think, is my favorite, favorite, but Thane is right there with him. And I also really like, I really like Liara and Tally. I just want a harem. <laughs> a Normandy harem. A Normandy harem would be fun. But, I mean, we've done all the research on all the bromances, so you can't say that you haven't had some experience with them. If you had to pick yeah, one femme, I, one bro. Okay, one femme ship is gotta be Garrus. I'm sorry, I just have yeah. to pick him. And then, I guess for bro ship, it makes most sense to have Liara. Like, I just like that. Both Garrus and Liara are the most close to Shepard, I would argue. Mm, mm-hmm. So I just kind of like that dynamic. So I guess I would pick Liara. I like it. And if you like what you're hearing, be sure to leave a review on iTunes or give us a rating on Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me in our Two Girls, One Ship chat on the Robots Radio Discord channel. And come give us a follow on all the social medias and on Patreon at Two Girls, One Ship. Links to those are in the link tree in our description. I'm on the Robots Radio Discord as well, but we also have our own Two Girls, One Ship Discord server now where we can nerd out on all our favorite CGI'd significant others. Be sure to check out our live stream on Twitch and YouTube on Fridays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time. Our podcast episodes release on Mondays because you need at least one good thing on a Monday. Once again, all links are in the link tree in the description. Thanks for listening, and remember... Beauty is in the eye of the controller.
Will, Vault Dwellers, join me, Jackson, Sassy Lady Rover, Eric, and the Creator Maverick as we take topics from the Fallout universe and discuss them with other diverse individuals. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcast. You can follow us on YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it using at FalloutRTD. You can send us an email using FalloutRTD at gmail.com. Join us. The conversation has already started.